My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. What do you think would happen if there was an app that allowed people, including kids, to have instant access to alcohol and cocaine? And any time you Googled certain words even loosely related, up popped this enticing little button offering free instant access. Seems obvious to me that we'd have many more addicts in the world grappling with some really serious repercussions. On the surface, porn addiction and drug addiction can seem pretty different, but they actually share some really major points in common. Last year, researchers at Cambridge University compared the brains of people who compulsively compulsively use porn to those of people who don't and found that frequent porn use altered participants' brains much the way drugs do, lighting up the reward center and releasing these quote, feel-good brain chemicals that alter the way their brains function and basically have them asking for more. It's the perfect setup for addiction. Porn sites get more visitors than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. And 20% of adults reportedly struggle with porn addiction, according to Family Safe Media, and that includes men and women. And a report published in Cyber Psychology and Behavior in 2008 showed that 93% of boys and 62% of girls were exposed to online pornography during adolescence. With porn being so readily available, it's basically in our pockets, you know, than ever before. And the fact that we have this, as we talk about frequently here, you know, so many sexual taboos and our sexual education is fairly limited. It's, it's no wonder that addiction is on the rise. And I think it's a lot more common than most of us realize. The more conversations we have about these issues, the better, in my opinion, which is why I am so stoked for today's show. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm honored to have a very special guest today who knows the effects of porn addiction firsthand. Gabe Deem is a counselor for teens in Irving, Texas, who's turned his experience in grappling with and overcoming porn addiction into activism. He's also a personal trainer, public speaker, and facilitator of RebootNation.org. It's a fabulous site where he shares his story and also tips for porn-related dysfunctions, and it has its own forum for folks who are seeking help. He's shared his inspiring story with Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, Katie Couric, and anyone who tunes in to his YouTube channel, that's the, the Reboot. Nation, and we are so lucky to have him here with us today. Welcome, Gabe. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, August. I really admire your openness in, in sharing your personal story so that other people can, can benefit. Could you just share a little bit with us about kind of uh, your background with porn addiction? Yeah. Um, well, to start off, I need to say that I didn't have... You know, when you speak of addictions, usually there's some kind of trauma or issue that led that person to use that, you know, substance to, you know, kind of ease the pain of the trauma or issue. But in my case, and many other guys today that have porn addictions, that's not the case. I just had access to porn as a kid. Um, so, so to begin with my story, you know, I was, I was a normal eight-year-old kid running around the neighborhood, and I found a Playboy magazine laying in the bushes. 
and this started it for me, you know, as soon as I saw that Playboy magazine, I was immediately captivated by, you know, sex and sexual thought. And, um, you know, I wasn't too dumb of a kid. I knew what masturbation was from hearing older boys talk about it. And I began masturbating, you know, images um, around the age of, you know, eight or nine or shortly after I found that magazine. And, you know, I wouldn't consider anything at that point abnormal, um, you know, just typical young boy, you know, horny and seeing naked girls doing a thing. But um, it escalated when I was about 10 when my family got cable TV. And so, so this meant, you know, I could stay up late at night watching, oh gosh, I was watching The Man Show, Howard Stern. There's a show called Sunday Night Sex Show with this lady that talked about all these sex positions and stuff. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any shame or guilt around it. I just thought it was awesome. I, I was a little kid that was like, oh my gosh, naked girls, yes. Yeah. So, so I was doing that. You know, I was watching softcore porn and, you know, real sexual shows until, you know, two or three in the morning. And that's when I guess you could say it became a problem because I was, you know, neglecting sleep so I could stay up late at night and watch, you know, hours and hours of this stuff. And then it took, you know, a, a, a real big turn for the worst whenever my family got high-speed internet around the age of 12. That was back in, you know, 1999, 2000. I'm 26 now, so it was a good, you know, 15 years ago. Um, and so I had unlimited access to, you know, high-speed porn. And, you know, I was a seventh grader at the time. I could come home and watch, you know, whatever I wanted to watch for a couple of hours before my parents got home. And it, it wasn't, you know, that big of a deal to me. You know, it was normal. Kids at school were talking about it. I mean, I had a, I had a neighbor of mine that actually, like, gave me a piece of paper. He was a computer whiz. And he gave me a piece of paper with, like, how to hide it from my parents. And, oh, like, my gosh. Step by, yeah, it was like a step-by-step -step guide to being able to jack off and not get caught. Wow. And, you know, I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was normal. And things escalated then, you know, my, what I was watching began to, you know, escalate into more hardcore material. You know, I wasn't just looking at, you know, topless girls. Now I was watching cane bangs, you know, deep throat, all sorts of stuff by the time I was 13. And, um, you know, so, so this carried over into how I started to interact with girls at school um, and, and just so everyone knows, I wasn't clearly, it's get, becoming obvious. I wasn't a prude kid. And when I was in sixth grade, I actually remember having phone sex with the girl. And I was, you know, the stuff I learned from these TV shows, I was trying to get the girls to do them on the phone with me. And then I became sexually active around age 14. So I wasn't just, you know, your typical, you know, everyone, has, there's a stereotype of porn addicts, but they're just, you know, losers locked in the room all day jacking off for 10 hours but that wasn't the case for me I was you know I would do my thing for an hour or two and then I also still had girlfriends and was very popular at school okay. um so I was watching porn and you know having I began having you know sexual intercourse and oral sex and stuff when I was 14 in eighth grade and um this continued through high school and into college and you know my high school was the first high school to get laptops all the students got issued laptops so this meant, you know, the first thing all the guys did, we tried to get around the block so we could play video games, but we also got around the block so we could watch porn. And we, you know, there's a few instances where I actually watched porn in high school, like in the classroom. No way. That's crazy. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, again, it wasn't like a shameful thing and I wasn't hiding it from anybody. It was just like, oh my sure. gosh, I have access to all this goodness. That's, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. I was pursuing pleasure, if you will. And um, so... 
so to finish up my story, um, going into college, I began to notice, you know, my drive for life decreasing, losing motivation. You know, I didn't care about getting a good job, getting a family, things that used to be important to me. I, I quit basketball and I had a chance to, you know, go to college and play D1. I just really didn't care about anything, but I didn't really notice that. You know, I thought I was just your normal punk kid. Um, but something else caught my attention, and that was when I was around 22 and I uh, was going to have sex with a beautiful girl and I couldn't get an erection. And, you know, I freaked out. I had no idea what was wrong with me. Um, and I blew it off that time. And then another year later, I got with a girl that I really found attractive, real gorgeous, everything I wanted. And again, I couldn't get an erection at all. And so I, I started Googling and it took me about a month, but I found a thread of hundreds and thousands of guys talking about um, erectile dysfunction and they were teenagers all the way to 80 years old and um, they all had one thing in common years of porn use but they couldn't get an erection to their partner wow. and this one guy this one guy posted a test to do he was like okay see if you can masturbate without porn and I hadn't done this in forever you know I was, probably last time I did this was 14 because I always had uh, a PlayStation portable or a laptop or my phone or something to watch porn while I masturbate so I hadn't done it in a while and I was like what let me try this. So I went and I tried it and I could not get an erection to my hand alone without porn. And then I even tried using fantasy. I, I was thinking about the freakiest stuff I could think of, you know, stroking myself as hard as I could. And I still couldn't even get, you know, a slight semi erection. And that was when it all hit me. And I, you know, I, I realized that porn was the cause and I broke down crying. So that's where Wow. That's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible. And how did you react to that? You you find all this information. How did you get from there to where you are now in this? I know you consider yourself in recovery. Is that correct? Well, I consider myself recovered, but um, technically, you know, I think there's some brain changes that happen with addiction that might not ever go away. But as far as functioning, I'm fully functional and I no longer desire porn. That's amazing. Congratulations, um, but, by the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But to answer your question, how I got here, um, so during my, during my Google search, you know, I, I was searching all over the place, and all I could find was, oh, it's if you're young and you can't get it up, you're just nervous, it's performance anxiety, and I knew that wasn't the case. I was I was real confident. Um, I had tons of sexual experience, and here's the kicker: I couldn't masturbate without porn. So what I always tell people, if I can't masturbate without porn, clearly I'm not nervous because I'm not trying to give my hand an orgasm. <laughs> Very well said. I don't, I don't, if only I don't they care could. if my hand tells me after we're done, oh, you did a good job, dude. Yeah, so, totally. I, mean, I mean, that's the first time in human history where you have thousands of teenagers and 20-year-old guys that are dependent on porn to, to get off. And um, so that was the reality that I found out to be. And I found a website. It's a great website. And I think you've mentioned it in one of your uh, prior shows. It's yourbrainonporn.com. And um, it had all this neuroscience behind what's happened. And I found out, you know, the first thing I did was um, get educated on this. And I was reading about how I sexually conditioned my brain to get turned on by, you know, a screen and also, you know, numbed my reward circuit in my brain, which there's actually some evidence now that that's the case. And so, you know, I, I was just really getting educated on what this addiction does to guys. And so that was my, you know, my motivation was, okay, my penis doesn't work anymore. That's pretty important to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, 
And then now I'm learning about how it's actually like physiologically changing my brain, not just like mentally. And so that was enough, you know, motivation right there for me to say, okay, I'm done with this. And um, so I did what is called a reboot, which is go through recovery so you can reboot your brain and um, regain sensitivity, you know, and be able to be turned on by a real person. Wow. And how long did that, did you go cold turkey? Is it a, is it, or is it more of a gradual process? Um, most guys attempt to go cold turkey and that's what I did. I went cold turkey. Um, a lot of guys, you know, they go through withdrawals and so did I, but they end up going back to porn and I can't really explain, you know, a lot of guys ask me, how did, how are you able to just go cold turkey and never relapse? And again, I just, I guess to get real sentimental and on an emotional level, being a, I was a 23 year old guy at the time and having a girl that I love about or I love and I care about and, you know, who is really attractive and just that feeling of her trying to give me an erection, doing everything she can and just seeing no response in my penis and just seeing that tear well up in her eye, thinking that it's her when I knew that it wasn't her, like that feeling was such a kick in my gut that I just, I guess you could say I hit rock bottom, you know, once I realized that I, you know, I screwed myself up by watching all this porn. That was when I really had that heart change, and I no longer de- desired porn. So, wow! I that, guess you could say incredible. I was willing to go through whatever it took to recover. Sure, motivation is, is certainly such an important thing. I'm sure. And you mentioned that your your girlfriend at the time was really affected by this too. Did you two talk about it? Was it, you know, was were you talking about the fact that you weren't able to have an erection, and did you talk to her about the fact that you realized it was porn? Um, to be honest, I hid it from her for a while. And, um, I, I guess there was just a natural reaction. I didn't want to hurt her more and, you know, say that, oh gosh, I, you know, I watched all this porn and that's the reason, but I was just kind of afraid of what would happen, I guess, if I told her and I was embarrassed that my penis didn't work as a 23 year old. So I hid it from her for a long time, but I finally did come clean to her probably about six months later. Um, and it was such a relief to her to, you know, know why. And I, I made sure one thing that I advise everyone to do that goes through this is to make sure you, you talk about the brain because it, it really takes away any shame around the subject because it's all physiological if you do that. So I explained to her, you know, I literally wired my brain to pixels and not people. And that's why I was screwed up. And I, you know, I assured her that she was beautiful and she was attractive and you'll hear a lot of guys with this problem say that. And that's really important for any women listening that this, this problem is not about, you know, your partner's attraction to you. It's about your partner wiring, literally sexually conditioning himself to pixels and not a person to a screen needing the click and click and click that internet porn provides. So it's the, uh, when you say pixels, are you talking about actually the, you know, the, the, what is it, the, the method that you're watching it on, like the screen versus it's not that you are attractedness? Because we talk a lot about how, especially mainstream hardcore porn affects uh, women's body image and kind of the way that yeah. it tells us. And it also kind of depicts sex in a really different way than how we have sex in, in our real lives. Uh, did you feel that porn affected you in those kinds of ways as well? Or is it all pretty much this uh, kind of, you know, the brain scan thing where your brain only can, can you know, cause an erection and, and cause arousal and stuff if you're looking at a screen? Well, I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say it's all 100% just wiring. It does, it does impact 
you know, how you see women. And that definitely is the case in my story. Um, now I did still find all my partners very attractive. So I wouldn't say it had a huge impact there, but it did raise the bar of what girls I would even talk to. Um, so, you know, I was real, what was it? I, you could call me shallow Gabe. I was really, you know, if, if you weren't really hot, I wasn't going to talk to you. Um, so, but you know, it's a combination of that and the brain stuff. And also just what I watched in porn, you know, you condition yourself to desire that whenever you become aroused. Um, I don't know if, how familiar you are with Pavlov's dog, but Pavlov was a guy that had a dog and he rang a bell every time his dog was going to eat. And then he would, the dog began to salivate whenever he heard that bell ring. And uh, the point I try to make is that he could have programmed his dog to salivate with other things too. Like uh, for instance, bringing out some sandals and then get, give the dog food. And I know that because every time I bring out my flip-flops, my dog goes crazy because yeah, she knows yeah. it's time for a treat and to go swimming. Sure. And so if you apply that to this, it, it doesn't necessarily matter the content of the porn that you're watching. For instance, you could be watching um, female-friendly porn where it's real loving and two couples, you know, in consensual acts, you know, engaging in loving sex. But if that's the only thing a young boy is getting off to day in and day out, he's going to program himself to sitting in that chair, clicking and clicking the videos, and his body's going to get used to reacting to that and not a real person in front of him. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Totally. And what's interesting, too, you mentioned, you know, the shame around it, which I'm I suspect is a big issue for, for, you know, most boys and men when this happens. And, and I imagine for women too, especially because, you know, women are less, um, there's more shame around sexuality in general for women, but also shame about to admit that they watch porn they're shamed of. And, uh, like kids, for example, girls who, who see porn early because now they are as well. They, they feel more embarrassed about it. Whereas boys feel like this is a guy thing, you know? So do, do, do girls and women also interact with you on your, your site? Is it a, is it a different, um, does it affect women differently or, or are you aware or kind of familiar with how the, the gender makes a difference? I, w- I would say it doesn't affect as many as far as percentage-wise, but yes, we have, we've seen hundreds of girls on these, uh, there's a lot of, of porn recovery forms out there like mine, Reboot Nation, but there's others, and I've read you know, thousands of posts from women that say similar things, and I, I call their condition dry vagina, where they condition themselves to you know, masturbating to porn and a vibrator, and when they're with their partner, they can't lubricate themselves, and they, they, they feel no arousal, they feel you know, no... no uh, I guess you could say libido, no sex drive. And they, they, it's really very similar. Um, and obviously, you know, women and men are a little different, but I think if, if a woman, and from what we've seen, if a woman's sitting there with a vibrator that's, you know, going at a thousand humps per minute, no guy can keep up with that. And it, it causes a similar desensitization to where they really, they literally raise the bar of what they need to reach an orgasm or to get aroused. And, um, you know, again, we're seeing a rise in women that are watching porn. You know, one survey, I think, said about 30 to 40 percent now of women say they watch porn regularly or, you know, every now and then. And so I suspect in time it would be pretty similar as, you know, we know that most guys do, if not all. And so as soon as, you know, it's the same case with women, I would suspect you'd see, you know, closer percentage to the same amount of problems. Absolutely. I think so, too. And, uh, We've talked earlier um, about, you know, the fact that little kids can can watch porn. And you mentioned how influential the, the Internet was for you and your journey. Uh, what concerns you the most? I know you wrote about it as well in Huffington Post in, in an article you wrote recently. Uh, what concerns you about 
youth using uh, porn and having such ready access at such a young age? What concerns me the most is learning what I've learned about the adolescent brain. A, a little kid's brain is way more moldable than an adult brain. And, you know, what that looks like on a neurological level is they have, you know, they have millions of more synapses and actual neurons that can wire up to memories and skills and stuff like that. So, so the issue is we had the first generation, I was a part of it, of guys that grew up wiring their sexual response to screens. And that's, you know, hence why there's now porn-induced ED and stuff like my problem. Um, so that concerns me the most is that these kids have multiple brains, you know, what they see impacts them and stays with them the rest of their life. And some of them are, their first sexual image they're seeing is a gangbang or a, a cum shot on a girl's face or a, a rape scene or, I mean, you name it, this is what they're getting exposed to. And again, that's not necessarily the main issue. They're still conditioning themselves to a screen if it's more soft core than that. Um, but that's the main problem I see. And, and we're seeing this with, you know, some research that's coming out that's showing, you know, high rates of internet addiction. And these kids are programming their brains to click, click, click on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like constant, you know, stimulation, instant gratification. And they're literally programming their brains to be like this. So whenever they don't have that, they get stress and anxiety and they see, you know, they look like addicts whenever they, you take their phone away, they, they go crazy. And yeah. so that concerns me the most. I can, I can see why. That's incredibly concerning. And uh, you mentioned earlier in, in your own story some of the other symptoms. But besides erectile dysfunction, it sounds like, you know, fixation. If, if For example, if you're concerned that your partner or your child or, or a friend is addicted to porn, one sign might be, you know, like you said, addiction to just the Internet. What, what else uh, can we look for or what are some of the other symptoms that people perhaps don't know about? The, the biggest thing is anxiety, like social anxiety, for guys at least. If there's any guys that are thinking, man, you know, I'm probably not addicted to porn. Um, well, the biggest thing we see is guys get increasingly, you know, unmotivated, and whenever they are doing stuff that's away from the computer, they have no drive, and they start to get anxious. So that's one thing to look for. Um, another thing to look for is escalation of taste, where you're starting to watch porn that, you know, back in the day didn't turn you on. Um, for instance, for me, one of the most telling signs of me giving up porn addiction is I no longer desired anal sex. Um, it was Anal sex is something that I've done and all my friends talked about when we were in high school. And um, it was it's so obvious to me now that it was like, you know, programmed into me by the porn I was watching. Because when I gave up porn, you know, after about a year, I have no desire now for anal sex. You know, a girl's vagina is more than enough for me to be happy. That's fascinating. As it has been for... Do what? That's really fascinating, you know, that it can affect your, you know, what your interest, it kind of caused a preference or an interest that you never perhaps would have had before. That's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's almost like, and there's research that shows anything shocking or anxiety producing gives you more of a dopamine hit in your brain. So, I mean, that's, that's what we think the reasoning is behind it is as you watch porn and you need more and more harder stimulation to get you aroused, you escalate into different genres. So it makes perfect sense. Um, now we actually just have science that kind of, you know, explains it. Um, another thing to look for is just, besides erectile dysfunction, there's a real common problem called delayed ejaculation. And this is another thing that we haven't seen, you know, in human history before, is guys can't orgasm during sex. So this is a stage before they have flat-out ED. I experienced it a couple times. 
where you're literally, you know, you're going to town on your partner and you cannot finish. And it's very confusing. And you're like, what the heck is wrong with me? And, yeah. but if you, if you go watch porn, you can, you can finish, you know, when a matter of minutes. So it just, it makes perfect sense now, but that's another thing to look for. If you're having difficulty climaxing with your partner, it could be a combination of porn induced and uh, what we call death grip where you, you know, you're squeezing the crap out of your dick while you're masturbating. And it, you know, kind of numbs the nerves on your penis. Okay. I gotcha. So that's, it sounds like if somebody's wondering is, you know, how do you know for sure if porn is the cause, it kind of sounds like you just explained, you could test it that way, you know, because there are obviously other causes of erectile dysfunction and certainly anxiety is one and like sleep loss is one. But is that the main difference? It's like you need porn in order to get hard and to come. That's the main test is to, if you can masturbate with porn just fine, but you have difficulty masturbating without porn, then you more than likely have porn-induced ED. But when in doubt, it's always good to go get checked up with urologists. We have tons of, you know, stories where teenagers and 20-year-olds went to the urologist, went to psychiatrists, went to sexologists and psychologists, and everyone told them they were perfectly healthy. But it's, so it's probably performance anxiety. But these these clinicians don't think to ask them if they can masturbate without porn because this is a new phenomenon. So the guys go, well, crap, maybe it is anxiety. And they don't ever think to masturbate without uh, porn because why would you do that when you have porn? That's what yeah. guys think. So it's kind of like, it's hard to connect the dots when you're a young guy right now because everyone masturbates to porn. So you don't even think to try it without porn. That's the same thing that happened to me. It never even crossed my mind. Sure. That's so interesting. And also, I imagine, too, that when... Say somebody's listening right now and they're thinking, yeah, that sounds like something I should do, but but man, I can't imagine life without it. Like it sounds, I think any addiction, the recovery process is so terrifying. What can you tell us about the rewards? How How is life different? How is sex different? What, what can they expect to get on the other side? I feel like a whole new man now that I'm, I've been porn free now for a little over three years as of last month. And I can tell you motivation levels. I have way more motivation to do things. Um, sensitivity. I can actually feel love. I can feel connection with my girlfriend. I can feel, you know, sex when we have it. I don't just feel like I'm humping air. I can actually feel friction. So instead of feeling like a zombie, like I did when I was on porn, you know, always craving that next hit of porn, and when am I going to be able to get off again to porn? Now I just feel in tune with life. I feel like I can enjoy every day. I appreciate women in a whole other, you know, context. I actually see them for their character, their heart, their beauty, and not just their tits and ass. I can actually, like, I appreciate them as a person. And so that, that I mean, I can't even put it in words how much joy I have now that I've, you know, rebooted my brain. I, I no longer watch the hardcore porn that I was watching. The, you know, the, the sensitivity in my brain has returned. So, I mean, I can't, other than inspiration that I can give, I can just say that I'm way happier now and I have my, my feeling back. I don't feel like a zombie anymore. That is awesome. And it really is evident. I mean, in everything that you say, your, your passion and your vibrancy really shows. And I think that that alone is an inspiration to so many people. Uh, what, um, what would you recommend to somebody who is concerned that they may have a porn addiction besides, you know, seeing a doctor you mentioned? Um, anything else, any resources you'd recommend? Should they talk to their partner? Should they, what, what are the kind of the first steps to take? If you feel like you have a problem with porn, you know, the first thing to do is try and stop. And if, if you have a problem stopping or if you feel withdrawal, then clearly that's an indication that there is a problem there. 
Um, and if that's the case, I, I suggest, and like you, you saw my, my YouTube video, if you type in porn-induced ED reboot advice, I give some tips. And one of them is to get educated. So that means, you know, go to sites like yourbrainonporn.com or mine, like rebootnation.org, and, and read all the material you can read. And there's also thousands of guys journaling and, you know, posting their stories. And the biggest thing for me was just knowing that I wasn't alone. Um, you know, reading all these guys' stories of how messed up they were, how depressed they were, how, you know, broken they were, yet they were healing and they were recovering in a matter of months. That gave me so much hope. And then you combine that with getting educated about how the brain can change our entire lives. A great book I read um, that I would suggest listeners to get is The Brain That Changes Itself by Norman Doidge. It actually came out in 2007, and he actually described, you know, the first guys that were getting, you know, porn-induced ED. But he talks about in that in the book is just full of personal stories of people changing the brain. So it's not all porn related, but it's just so inspiring and it gives you so much hope that yes, my brain temporarily is kind of rewired and numbed, but what we know now is that it can recover. So that's the two things is knowing that you're not alone, reading stories, and then getting educated. That's what I would suggest. Great advice. And so to reach out to you if they want to connect with you is the best way to go to your, your website? Yeah, if, if they go to Reboot Nation, they can make an anonymous account and they can post on the forums and get everyone's feedback or you could send me a direct message. Awesome. And I know you're also uh, active on social media too, right? Your, your, and your Twitter handle is your, your first and last name, Gabe Deem? Yeah, it's just my name, at Gabe Deem. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. We wish you all the best in everything you're doing. And if there's ever any way we can support your ventures, please let me know. I, I, I just, it's such a pleasure to have you here. I've learned so much from you, and I just feel like this is such an important topic. Well, thanks for having me. I, I know that a lot of people out there need to at least be aware that this is a possibility. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you covering this topic because there's a lot of people out there that have no idea and they're suffering. An important topic indeed. How do you feel about porn addiction? Have you experienced it? I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to explore the topic further with us, you can join me on my blog this week. And for more girl boner fun, serious and sexy and sassy and hot and all the good stuff, join me all over social media. Links are available on my main website. That's augustmclaughlin.com. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and hop over to my website, augustmclaughlin.com for show extras and a whole lot more. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.